Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 55. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. And boy, do I have a fun and funny guest for you today. Today, I've brought to you Mitch Stephen, who's authored several books. He's been in this business 22 years and is a total expert there's my California accent, total expert at creative real estate investing. And with that, welcome to the show, Mitch Steven. Yes, I hail from the smallest big town in Texas, San Antonio. Har, 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 har. <laughs> well, I am so excited to have you here to share some of your experiences and cool deals you've done with our audience. And to get started, tell us about your background and where you've been and how you got to where you are today. Well, I graduated from La Calle U. How's your Spanish, Holly? Not that good. <laughs> La Calle means the street in Spanish. So everybody's, you know, I'm going to go get the ring. It says, you know, La Calle U around it because everyone's showing their ring where they graduated from. So I graduated from the street, kicked my ass up and down all over <laughs> all around. Um, I failed at everything else. The last thing left was real estate investing. Lucky for me, it worked out because there was nothing left to try. I'd failed at everything else. Um, I've always been a hard worker. I've always had integrity. I always had good credit. I don't think there's ever been a time I didn't have good credit. My word is very important to me, uh, but it took me an awful long time to find myself. I tried everything from striping parking lots to uh, I don't know, selling Cutco knives to selling cars to whatever. I was a very bad car salesman because I wasn't a hard closer, you know, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pressure people. I don't pressure people. If people don't want to buy my stuff, then I'll go find someone who wants to buy my stuff, but I don't put pressure. Um, I started buying and holding, you know, I was going to be the landlord. Everyone said you could be the landlord. You could get rich. So I got up to 25 houses, figured out that's not working. Uh, that's the biggest myth ever perpetrated on the investor community ever. I mean, I could understand if you buy these things with cash and you don't have any payments, but if you're trying to make a living on rent houses uh, on the spread between what you collect and what you owe, that's just a myth. That's the, you know, what do they say? All right, well, you're collecting a thousand and you're paying out 600. So you're making 400 a month, right? No, wrong. You're not making anything because the air conditioner just broke and you, you owe into next year. You know? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking. You just, you just like disavowed, just gave zero balance or zero weight to like a thousand liabilities, everything from the air conditioner to the hot water heater to you want, you know, we could stay here for a half hour and name it all. Oh, I have one. Last week I was told my sewer line from the house to the street needs to be replaced and they can do a repipe and save me time and money and it's only eight thousand dollars only eight thousand so that, that's gonna blow my spread for a while yeah so what's the spread on that house like 500 bucks shoot you'll only be out 16 months what the heck yeah you you nailed it right there yes and riverside yeah. california yeah riverside they have an air force base there don't they i think so yeah or i used to go to there. Yeah. I, used, I, I was in Orange County for a little while. Oh. But then I, I saw all the drugs they were taking. I think I better go to Texas. That's how we get stuff done, dude, is the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I started, I got up to like 25 houses, realized I wasn't making any money. 
It was supposed to be bringing in 7500 a month. It wasn't making any money. I was about to quit yet another business, add another business card to that stack that's already about eight inches tall of business cards that I didn't work out so well. And in, in desperation, I hired someone with the last $10,000 I had. This was 20-something years ago, which $10,000 was really $10,000 or sort of $10,000. But when it's the last $10,000, it's always a lot. So it was the last $10,000. I wanted this guy to help me get out of these, out from under all these needy, gripey, moany, complaining, lying people called tenants. And um, without losing my reputation or my name or my good standing, and inadvertently he taught me how to own or finance the houses I collected and I didn't even believe in it and I was able to collect three thousand dollars down from each house on average so do the math real quick Holly if you have 25 houses and you collect three thousand down from each house how much money do you have in the bank seventy five thousand dollars sir seventy five thousand more money than I'd ever seen in one place in my life and it was in my bank account and it was not refundable and it was it was my money it was called a down payment and then I had the spreads the same I, I, I was charging the same for principal and interest as I was for um, the rent. And so now the money that was coming in was staying in my bank account and it wasn't leaving. See, that's the problem with being a landlord. You got money, it comes in, it comes in, comes in. You don't know if you can spend it because if the air conditioner breaks, then apparently it's the air conditioner man's money. And I was doing a hell of a job collecting for the air conditioner man and the plumbing and the electrician man. I was collecting the crap out of money for these guys and I wasn't getting to keep any of it. So finally I owner financed them. I had the same 7,500 supposed to come in on the owner finance model as I was the landlord model, but the owner financing model, the money was coming in and it wasn't going anywhere. It was just stacking up in my account. And I said, you know what? I might not be all that smart, but I, I know which one of the better plan for me. So that was 1,500 houses ago in my hometown of San Antonio, Texas. I buy a house about every three days, but who's counting? And um, I, my average down payments are 8,000 a piece. Uh, and that's the last uh, 18 months we did it recently. Um, I collect on over 250 houses. I have no toilets ever break in my life. I have no hot water heaters bust in my life. I have no phone calls in the middle of the night. And, uh, uh, you know, there's three kinds of, there's three kinds of money. There's one time cash. It's Jack Bosch. If you talk to Jack Bosch, forever cash, his book, there's one time cash, temporary cash and forever cash. So I started making wealth, creating wealth on one time cash, which was wholesales and flips, quick flips. And then temporary cash, which was my owner financing, where I got a down payment and people owed me payments for 25, 30 years. And the difference between what they owed me and what I owed, you know, averages, well, I downplay it in my examples. I downplay it a lot in my examples. But the truth is, I average $535 per house um, spread. Sweet. And, yeah. So do the math real quick. If you have 100 houses and you're profiting 535 a month, how much is that a month coming in? It's more than I can calculate. What is that? 53500 coming ah. in a month. And I collected on average 8000 down on each of the 100 houses. That's 800000 in cash today and then 53000 a month coming in. And that's just 100 houses. Do you remember how many houses I told you? I, had? I think you said 250 you're collecting on. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just extrapolate that out. And then, so that's my temporary cash though because those notes will run out. They have an end date. They expire. The average mortgage in the United States, last I heard, 
um, goes on for about seven and a half years. And then something happens and it gets paid off. Either they sell it to someone who gets a new loan or it burns down or the insurance company pays for it or they get an inheritance and they pay it off or they win the lottery and they pay it off. Or, you know, they sell some really big drugs, one hit across the thing, they come back, they pay off their house. I don't know, but something happens. And, you know, we're close to the border down here like you guys. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and something happens and they pay off the house. So that's, so I'm, I'm living in, I'm living on, I'm creating my wealth with one time uh, cash and, and, and temporary cash. So you have to have some forever cash uh, vehicle, which is something that you just rent or lease to someone that you right. get it back all the time. So um, I hate apartments. I hate uh, renting houses. I'm no good at commercial buildings because I don't have any experience there. And I've tried small commercial, but it wasn't really for me because uh, I didn't have any mass. I didn't, you know, but one thing I really loved that I got good at was mini storages and boat storages. I have 1,100 doors. I started in 1991 with 13 units. I built it up to 14 locations and 1,100 doors. And 1,100 people owe me $92 a month. What's the math there? You need to get a calculator, Holly. I know. You didn't tell me come prepare the calculator. Is that 10000 a month or even more? It's 100000 Okay. Yeah, I'm not used to dealing with monthly no, no. income that big. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I took the wealth from, from, from one-time cash in temporary cash deals. I took that wealth and I bought forever cash, which is my storages. The people move in, they move out, but it's always my place and it's always there to rent to someone else. And there's no sheetrock, there's no insulation, plumbing, very little electrical, one light bulb, one switch, one door, no windows, no hot water heater, no carpet, no wood floors, no sinks, no toilets, no anything. And when I kick them out, it's just usually a bunch of crap in there that they didn't really need anyways and it's not killing anybody. Right. Yeah, so that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I love it. So how long have you been doing those owner financed houses? How many years? When did you start that? Uh, it's probably 20, the 20 out of the 22 years. It took me two years to, to morph out of buy and hold into being an owner financier. So uh, have you had some of them? You probably have had quite a few of them actually pay off then, right? They sell it or something? Oh yeah. Or I sold the notes. I mean, I don't sell notes anymore because my cash flow is such that I don't need to. But you know, early on in my career, I don't know about you, but my spouse was not very happy about me and my investment career, <laughs> especially when she found out that I put my first purchase $40,000 on a credit card. She didn't like that at all. Matter of fact, she was going to divorce me. She got in her car. She had her bags packed. She's getting ready to leave. And we'd been married about two weeks. Uh, that was when I learned that you can't get away with anything with your wife because I was trying to get to the mailbox to get the credit card. And I, it worked out for a couple of months, but then uh, she made it to the mailbox before I did. And she says, you know, Wells Fargo, fr friggin' Wells Fargo thinks we owe him 40000 I'm like, don't call him, honey. Don't call him. <laughs> she looked at me with those eyes, man. I still have two scars right here. Oh. Burned holes right through me. And there's some marks down there in the living room wall with still burn marks. And I, she said, you, well, I won't tell you exactly what she said. And so she's leaving. I mean, really seriously, backpacked her bag. She's leaving. And so I stood between the car door and her when she got in. I got between the car door and the car so she couldn't shut the door. And I told her, I said, you're being irrational. And if you'll give me 60 seconds, I'll, I'll, I'll explain why you're being irrational. Of course, she looked right at her watch, waited till the second hand was right at 12 and said, okay, ready, go. And, uh, I said, you think I'm gambling, but I'm not gambling. I know exactly what my assets are worth that I bought with this. 
Uh, it's not a guess, it's a fact that these assets are worth it, at least, at least for a certain period of time until they drop a nuclear bomb in downtown San Antonio or something drastic. It's going to stay like this for at least a month or two. And uh, so, but I'm going to relate it to gambling because you think I'm gambling. So I'm going to relate it to gambling and show you that you're still not being rational. Just imagine that we're at a poker game and I have $40,000 in the game and I've discarded three of my five cards and I'm ready to get my three cards and you're leaving right now. You're leaving before I get my three cards. What if I win? Why wouldn't you stick around to see if I won the poker game? I mean, it's only three cards. It won't take that long to figure out. You'll either I'll win or I'll lose. So I won and I, I sold that place and I made uh, $40,000 profit uh, on because I was able to put 40,000 on the credit cards, 0% credit cards, may I add. And so sometimes you sell notes or you do things in a hurry because you got to get your wife, I'm sorry, your spouse to um, get off your back. We call it hush money. It's like, okay, honey, I've already put more than you make all year in the bank. Can we now hush? Hush. Okay. Uh, I have, a, I talk to a lot of investors that have this issue. Uh, it may not be their spouse. It could be the people around them. And I just tell them, you know, when it's your spouse, you have to address it. When it's other people, you can you can leave them alone or you can just set them aside. I made up my mind a long time ago. They're either going to be going with me down the path, or um, they're going to they're they're not going to be part of my life unless they were someone I really loved. And then I was just going to set them off in a corner for a little while, till I till I got some things proven to myself and the world and everything else. So that's my story. Wow. Okay. Well, making forty thousand. On a forty thousand investment with zero percent money, that's got to be one of the best deals I've ever heard. But. Well, it's a classic nothing down deal, right? It wasn't my money; I used the credit card money. Sweet. Uh, I postponed the payments for um, for a year. I told the person that that I was buying it from that I couldn't make payments for a year because I had to put all the money into remodeling the fourplex, and that was going to take me that long. Now was I was a fourplex for forty grand. That was a down payment. Right, the, but still, that, that's a sweet um, down. It was a, it was it was a down payment and 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 twenty thousand for the remodel, and um, I was wrong about that. As luck would have it, I finished it up in just forty five days, and so I got to collect all the money for a year. Ah, you know, for a year, and didn't have a payment. Sweet. Well, so, why don't you tell us about your best deal? I mean, that one might be it, but do you have another one that comes to the forefront of your mind as being your best deal? Yeah, there was a bank in this little bitty town, an ex-bank, an old bank. I mean, a, I don't know, a retired bank, an old building that used to be a bank in the square of this town. And uh, it was for sale. But I noticed it was for sale. It had just like one of those little bitty dime store black and fluorescent orange for sale signs in the window. And I drove by and I thought, when I looked at it, I, you know, I had to stop my car and back up and I'm looking at this two-story bank building and it has this little stupid sign in the window and I said, either someone doesn't know what they're doing or someone doesn't care. I don't know which one it is, but I'm going to find out. So I called the number and it was the bank right next door that was trying to sell it and they got me to the lady and I told her, how much is it? And she said, a hundred, a hundred thousand. And I said, well, that's pretty cheap. I had a vault in it. I had a walk-in vault. And uh, I said, well, anyways, I, 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 I told her that if they would give me the option to buy it, um, I was going to sell it for them in short order. I said, how long have you had it? They'd had it for uh, about two years. They hadn't been able to sell it. 
And they said, I said, but I'm only going to give you a dollar option fee because I'm going to be doing you a favor because I'm going to sell your bank. And they said, well, how are you going to do it? And I says, I'm going to sell it faster because I'm going to offer 50, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for $50,000 more than you. And she goes, now, Mr. Steven, how is the, how is the bank going to sell faster if you, if you offer it for 50,000 more than we're offering it for? And I said, well, cause I'm going to offer owner financing and I'm going to take someone with a decent down payment that I like, and I'm going to put them in there and they're going to make the payment. It says, can you do that? Or do they have to qualify with all these loans and everything? I said, no, they have to qualify. I said, well, me, they just have to have 50,000 down. They're in. And I sold it in uh, three days. So, wow. uh, and, and the hardest part about it was I had to go up in the bank and there was this window on the second floor that faced the intersection, the four way intersection. And I had to write for sale backwards in the window. That was the hardest thing. You know, I kept turning around and <laughs> I had shoe polish and I was trying to write for sale in that window and I had to write it backwards. And that was the hardest part about that gig. That, so. that is a new skill. I don't think I've ever done that. Um, the trick you can do is, you know, if you have a mirror, you can do it with a mirror, but you can't do that when I'm, you're doing it in a window. <laughs> so uh, I'm thinking back. The the bank was for sale for 150, and I sold it for 250. So that's that's what it was. And, and um, you had how much invested in that? Was that one dollar? Yeah, I had a one dollar option fee. I, I said, take it to the board and see what they can say. But I says, you know, I I said I know I'm going to sell it before you. I'll sell it before the week's out. And and. Uh, I said, she says, well, I got to take it to the board. And I thought, well, that's where everything dies at the bank because they die in the boardroom. This is going to die in the boardroom. I went like six months later, finally the phone rang. She says, you know, this is so-and-so. I said, help me out, man. I, I, the name sounds familiar, but I can't, I can't place you. Because I'm over at the bank down there. You know, you're going to sell the old bank. And I said, oh, yeah. How'd the board meeting go? She says, it went great. Be sure and bring that dollar. We're going to sign the contract. I said, no kidding. They, I said, they actually understood me. And they said, she said, yeah, they got it. I said, okay. Wow. Yeah. Sweet. That is a good deal. Well, why don't you tell us more about what your typical deal is? You sound very active. You're buying a ton of houses. What's your typical deal? And maybe tell us, you know, the property price and who kind of your well, look, ideal customer is and all of that. The thing is, is I'm, I come from a different part of the country and our, our houses are much more affordable than the houses you're in. So, you know, you're either going to have to move to do what I do, or you're going to have to set up shop from afar, which by the way, I have, I have several students that I'm training to buy houses in other States because they live in places that you can't afford to buy houses really, or, or, or in the owner financing strategy doesn't work all that well. Um, because the core belief of my strategy is that a person paying a thousand dollars rent would rather pay a thousand dollars to own substitute, whatever number the rent is. If they're paying that much per month, they'd rather pay that and be the owner. If you agree with that, then we can continue. And if you don't, we could just hang up. Do you agree? I agree, sir. Okay. So that being said, um, the relationship between the rents and the payments will start breaking down if the person inside the house owes me more than $120,000. So the sweet spot in my industry is, is owner finance strategy is when I'm selling houses and owner financing houses to buyers who will owe me less than $100,000 or less. That's the real sweet spot. So um, I'm teaching people in LA and in San Francisco and in New York and New Jersey and parts of Florida how to buy in places like Alabama, Arkansas, uh, 
Georgia, Texas, because if you learn how to do it from afar, then you actually have a real business and you're working on a business like a CEO instead of working in the business like a slave labor. You know what I mean? So what's really cool about that is they're forced to make a couple of trips to that town. They do a lot of research on the internet. They, 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 they get boots on the ground there somehow through relationships or through Skype or through whatever. And they, they build a business that they're a thousand miles away from. And once it starts working, they actually have the freedom that you, you envisioned when you wanted to start a business. I mean, it's about money when you first start out, but it's not about money all the way to the end. It's about lifestyle and little more money or a little less money doesn't make any difference. You need a life after you get some money. So my typical deal is I buy a house for 50. I borrow 52. I buy about a house every three days. That's, you know, a little under right around a hundred houses a year. It's really hot real estate market now. So maybe it's a little under a hundred houses a year because it's a lot of competition out there right now. Um, every about there, every weekend there's a guru teaching how to flip houses. Every housewife that watched flip that house yesterday is out trying to find a house. And, uh, so we're buying a little less houses, but I decided to stick with quality instead of quantity. So, um, I buy a house for 50. I borrow 52 from my private lender. This is the key private money. You can make a good living in this business, but you can be a multi, 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 multi millionaire in this business. If you have all the private money you can handle. And I become an expert at that. So I borrow 52 um, and I borrow the extra 2000 because on average, it can cost about $2,000 to find a house. So if you're buying a hundred houses and you're not getting the $2,000 back for your advertising budget, every time you buy a house, then that's $200,000 laying around in houses. Who's got $200,000 to leave laying around. So I borrow an extra two. (laughs) And so my, my payment, I borrow 8% interest only five years, 8% interest only five years, non-recourse collateral only. And I give them a first lien on my house and then I don't do anything. I don't take the cat poop off the carpet. I don't clean the windows. I don't mow the yard. And I offer it for $100,000 owner financing because see, I already knew what I could sell the house for because I took the rents and I have a formula in the rents and I back into the rents and it gives me my owner finance value. Maybe the only thing Mitch Steven ever invented, the acronym, the OFV. You have the ARV, right? Yes. Well, now you got the OFV, the owner finance value. Love that. And it's based on the rents. This is the formula. Rents minus taxes minus insurance times 115 plus a 12% down payment minus 50% of the repairs equals the owner finance value. Hmm. So how does owner finance value compare to... It doesn't matter. And that's the thing. It has nothing to do with the MAA appraiser. It doesn't have anything to do with the CMA, the current market analysis. It has nothing to do with the BPO, broker's professional opinion, nothing whatsoever, because all those people are doing comps based on people that got a new loan through a traditional institution. My people cannot get that. They just know they're paying $1,000 now. And if I could figure out how to make them, they're paying $1,000 as rent right now. And if I could figure out how to get them in the house as the owner for $1,000, they don't give a crap about the price they don't give a crap about the interest rate they don't give a crap about the years they don't care it's all about what's it's going to cost per month right right just like to tote your note car lot exactly except you can't drive my product to mexico 
Um, so I, my payment on the 52,000 to get in this house is around 350. I owner financed the house for 10,000 down 10% or better. Uh, in this example, 10% down and I carry the 90,000 at 10% for, um, 30 years and their payment is 850. So they pay me. The, the, the principal interest is 850. By the time they put the taxes and the insurance back in, they're right back to that thousand that they were at. Okay. Plus the $35 escrow servicing fee. Who collects um, that? Me. Okay, that's what I thought. Judging by that little look in your eyes, which I know our listeners can't see. <laughs> no, they can't see me. <laughs> They'll see you on YouTube. Okay, I've been doing all this theatrical stuff with my hands. And well, now you better get real theatrical now that you put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so do you see where I picked up twelve grand to create a $500 a month positive cash flow with zero of my own money? I like it. Do you see where I'm not a landlord? I'm the bank and that I just get my money and I don't get a phone call for air conditioners because I don't own the house anymore. I sold it to that person for 10000 down and 30 years worth of payments. Now, this is where wholesalers are missing out. They would have wholesaled that house for what, $10,000? Okay. Well, I got 10000 on the down payment. You got more than that. <laughs> I got, well, 12, but I'm, you, how you want to look at it? You're paying yourself back for your advertising or it's, or it's in your pocket. But anyways, okay, okay. well, you know, so that, that 2000, I don't know if that's really income or not. Cause you had to, I, on average, I spend some amount of money to find a house. I'm, I'm averaging, you know, it, so, so, um, see the wholesaler, he takes his 10,000. He's one time he's out. Yep. Mine is temporary. Uh, temporary. I got 10,000 and I collect 500 a month for 360 months. You know how much that is? That's $180,000. That's how much the wholesalers leaving on the table. Even if the wholesaler says, well, I could have got 15,000 for my contract on that deal. Great. So you're going to give up. So you're going to take 5,000 today for 180,000 in the future. You're an idiot. I agree. So I have a question for you before you get too far away from this. How many times have you had to take a house back or foreclose on it? Oh, in the early days, it was about 10 to 15, was about 15%. But, but then I started, you know, using systems like livecom, L-I-V-E-C-O-M-M.com. Watch the four minute video on the homepage. I started using systems and I started really verifying background checks and, and um, previous landlords and um, employers and previous employers. And I started really, really verifying their income and all this other stuff. And it's changed now. I, I, I bet you I don't have 3% flip out. Wow. Good for you. But even if you do have some flip out, it's not all bad because you get to recapture. See, one of the things you lose as, as a uh, owner financier is you lose appreciation and you lose depreciation because mm-hmm. you're not the owner of the house anymore. Right. Well, that being said, let's just talk about the appreciation for a minute. I bought the house for how much? 52,000. No, 50,000. Okay. But I borrowed 52. Right. And I sold it for how much? You never told me that. Oh, 100. 100. Okay. Yeah. And I did it in 30 days. Just how much appreciation do you landlords want? Okay. Let's annualize this. It went up 100% in 30 days. What is that? 1,200%? Yep. If you annualize it. Mm -hmm. So 
So we can take the, you don't get the appreciation model and so, I mean, the complaint from the landlords, we can throw that out the window. Let's talk about depreciation. You know, I enjoyed depreciation on one of my storages for over, I don't know how many years, years and years and years. And then one day I went to sell it only to find out that I had to pay tax on every single dollar that I sold it for because I had completely depreciated the property out and yes. had taken that benefit. So the depreciation was just temporary and the only way to escape it was to do a 1031 exchange, which, okay, I did, but boy, that's a pain in the ass. But anyway, <laughs> I, 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 I did it. It's just, you don't know how short 45 days goes or 90 days or how it, until you got a clock ticking and you have to go buy a specific thing and then time's just not on your side. But, um, so that's a typical deal. You know, what I love about it is you can get paid up to six times. We won't go into all of it, but I got paid when I borrowed money. Um, I got paid when I got the down payment. I got paid every month. I could get paid if I sold the note. I could get paid again. And I get paid every time they make a payment and pay me that $35 escrow servicing fee. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways to get paid in this business. <laughs> I don't sell notes anymore because my cash flow is such that why in the heck would I sell a note? I mean, I don't need more money just to, so I can just pay 40% tax. You know, I just want to keep pushing the money out as far as I can. So it'll last longer for me, but that's a typical deal. I, I usually, I, my bar is I try to, I try to have a note owed to me that is twice as big as I owe to someone else. So in that formula, I figure out what I can own or finance the house for. Once I figure that out, I cut it in half, and that's where I start my offers. Got now it. Here, now, here's the thing. If I'd have got the house for $30,000, i would have still borrowed fifty-two because it's not over-leveraging. I'm still at 50% LTV or 52% LTV. That's hardly over-leveraging, right? If I got the house for $1,000, I would still borrow 52000 and I would just take that extra money that I didn't have to give to them, and I'd put it in what I call my FHA account. That's my free house account. And whenever that gets up to enough money, I just stroke a check for a house. So there's a lot of houses. My strike price is 50000 I get it for forty. So I put 10000 in my FHA account. Sometimes it's uh, 50000 I get it for 47 So I put 3000 in the FHA account. I look over there pretty soon, and the FHA account has forty, fifty, sixty thousand. 60000 And then one of those houses that shows up on my radar, I just stroke a check for it. Got it. How do you market the houses after you buy them and you don't clean them and you don't fix them up? <laughs> Which is hard for me to even say, but how do you market them? Do you list them with a realtor? Do you list them in Craigslist? How do you market them? No, I use livecom.com. Oh, livecom is how you market them. Okay. Yeah. L-I-V-E-C-O-M-M.com. Let me just tell you in a nutshell. On any given day, I have 200 houses for sale, owner finance. I mean, sorry, I have 10 houses for sale with owner financing on any given day. I put 20 bandit signs around each house, around the neighborhood in each house. And then I put one in the front yard of each house. That's 210 signs. I, I go to Livecom and I buy phone numbers for $2 a piece a month. I assign one phone number to house A, one to house B, one to house C, all the way, 10 houses, 10 phone numbers. And I forward the phone number inside Livecom to a recording. It says, this is a three-bedroom, two-house, 1,200 square feet, you know, yada, 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 yada. Electric air conditioner, um, I mean, I'm sorry, electric hot water heater, gas stove, <laughs> central heat and air. It goes on and on and on and on because here's the problem. With 210 bandit signs out, I'm getting 50 to 100 phone calls a day. 
especially on the weekends, and it'll ruin my sales guys, ruin them. I mean, they can't, they hang up the phone, it rings, they hang up the phone, it rings, they hang up the phone, it rings, and they're all asking the same stupid stuff. Why don't we just give it to them in a recording? So then, at the end of the recording, I do not give them anybody's phone number yet. I say to the 50 to 100 people that day, at the end of every recording on every house, if you think this is the house for you and your family, then this is what you need to do. Get in your car, drive to 123 Main Street, get out, walk around, look through the windows, check out the neighborhood. And if this is still the house for you and your family, and you definitely have $10,000 or more, as previously described, then um, call the red phone number in the window. And that's the 11th number. And that's the same numbers in every window in every house. So by now, the 800 leads have culled themselves down to, to eight per day. And those are very viable leads who can follow directions, who who we assume understand they need to have a considerable down payment and they've already seen the neighborhood and the house and the windows and they're, they're all in. I mean, you can see most of these houses, 1200 square foot houses. You can see most of them through the windows. You don't really need, you know, to actually take a tour through the house on most of them. Uh, we will get them in the house, but I'm just saying to make a decision whether you're really interested or not, it's not too hard from the outside. And um, so here's the magical thing. Every time someone calls those signs, that phone number captures their incoming cell phone number, puts it in a text distribution list. And right this minute in San Antonio, Texas, after having a pre-scheduled text go out every 1st and 15th that says, if you're no longer in the market for an owner finance house, would you please text stop now to get off this list? After that, going out on the 1st and the 15th, I have 5,600 people still waiting to know when my next house is coming out. And this is a direct hit right between the eyes. They've called my other signs. That's how they got on that list. So there were people interested in an owner-financed home. And the next time I have a house that comes up, I just send a text to 5,600 people. How, how often do you check your text? Like right oh, now? Instantly, yeah. except yeah. you're getting my full attention. But yes, you're checking. People check okay. texts all the time. Isn't it like I, a 98% open rate or something? If I, if I sent you an email, would it be the same? Oh, no. It could even no. slip through the okay. cracks. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it's not going to be timely because yeah. here's another thing. So when I get a new house, I can send it out and say, Hey, uh, homestagar.net has another owner finance home for sale. And I get a short URL and I put it in, I mean, a short, a tiny URL. Mm -hmm. I put it in there because you best do your text in 140 character tweets, like a, like a tweet. I mean, right. like 100, because um, different phone companies break the text in different places and you never know. And then they put the end of the text first and then the middle of the text yeah. in the middle. And then, yeah, it's all backwards. So you do it in 140 characters, like a tweet, but get this. What if you got a house to show at seven o'clock and you got 5,600 people on your list. So you just send them a text at four and says, Hey, in three hours from now, I'm going to be at one, two, three main street with the door open and the lights on. If you want to come see the inside, come on, I'll be there. Well, you go to show one guy a house and you end up showing it to 12 people. These are very serious people, you know? Nice. And so now my down is driven my down payments up. I'm averaging 8,000 per house in my little cheap houses. And um, I have three and four and five people contending for the house and I get to pick which one's the best for me and my house. Nice. And so, uh, and by the way, Lifecom works for a lot of other things. Imagine massage therapist gets a cancellation at four o'clock. She has a, a, a massage schedule at four and at, at, at three, she gets a cancellation. She's going to lose that hour forever. Never, you're not going to get paid. But if you had all the cell phone numbers of all the customers that ever called you, 
you could send out a text and say, just had a four o'clock cancellation. Anybody up for an impromptu session? And she's going to fill the spot. So the texting actually goes out from Livecom then. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. And I even, and that's two cents per person on the list, but I have a way to do it free. You can do it free. You can run all your phone numbers through my system and I'll give you the email to text. I'll give you the email for the phone numbers in a spreadsheet. And then you can text off your server for free. You can email to text for free. I had to, I used to do email to text from Livecom from Livecom uh, as a ser- as one of the services, but people were abusing it. And, and when, when it got blacklisted, me and all my customers got blacklisted. So I said, here's what we do. I'll let you run it. I'll give you, you can run it. If you're being abusive, you get blacklisted. That's your problem. Yep. Right. Don't just don't abuse the damn thing, you know? Right. Right. Um, wow. Well, this is awesome. And we've already talked over our show length. But that's okay. I think people have got a great taste of what you have to offer. And I can't imagine anyone not wanting to learn more from you and your great strategies, how to make um, magic and make money out of nothing. I love it. I think you just need to have me back again. I think we can arrange that. I know we got a lot more to cover and you have some great books, which I'd love for you to talk about before we get into your books. I want to remind everybody our free download uh, this week will be at hardhatholly.com forward slash 55, 55. That's the episode you go to for your free download. And we're going to have all kinds of great information from Mitch, including the first hundred pages of his book. If I can say it, it's a tongue twister failing forward to financial freedom. Did I get it? Yes, you got it. My Life in a Thousand Houses, Failing Forward to Financial Freedom. I give you the first hundred pages. It's a book about what happens after the Get Rich Seminar, at least what happened to me. This is what they told me was going to happen, and then this is what really happened. And believe me, they're worlds apart. I fall down a lot in this book. It's a book about falling down and getting back up. I fall down so much in this book that my nose should be flat. But, um, <laughs> but um you know, and then my second book is My Life in a Thousand Houses, 200 Plus Ways to Find Bargain Properties, which was the answer to the biggest question after the first book. Everyone wanted to know, how in the world do you find so many houses? I didn't know that I was really that good at it. I was just had my head down working, and then I came to figure out that I was finding an extraordinary amount of houses. Um, and then the last book, My Life in a Thousand Houses, The Art of Owner Financing, which describes in detail um, exactly how I make tons of money owner financing houses to my buyers and I have no money out of my pocket at all ever. And uh, I use my money to buy many storages. I love it. And we're going to have links in our show notes for um, Mitch's books, Art of Owner Financing 2.0 is $7 book owner finance 101. We're going to have all those links. And if someone just, is there also another website that you'd like to direct people to as well? Well, I mean, I have, I have a podcast, reinvestorsummit.com. Reinvestorsummit.com. I don't know. I've interviewed about 120 people so far, I guess. And um, just interesting people, motivational, inspirational, entrepreneurial, and um, real estate investorial. Is that that a word? Real estate investorial. I like that. I think it's a new word. (laughs) (laughs) Go trademark that. (laughs) Real estate investorial. That's the name of my next book. I love it. Okay. And and you heard it here first, listeners. Cool. So definitely check out his podcast. Obviously, he has some great 
great insights to share. This has been so valuable, Mitch. Any other parting words of wisdom or anything you'd like to share to inspire our audience? Well, I would just say, you know, study as much as you can for free, but when you figure out what you really want to do, you, please, for heaven's sakes, go get a, a mentor or a coach that's done it. Uh, Tony Robbins, I heard him say the other day, I thought it was great. Um, find someone who has what you want, do what they do, and you'll have what they have. I thought, you know, it's really simple. Don't, don't try to go invent the wheel. There's someone that's already done it. It's going to cost you a little bit of money, but it's not going to cost you near as much as the street would charge you because the street is ruthless. And if you mess around with the street, it, the street might make you quit because I almost quit before I hired someone. And I would have deprived myself of a multi, multi, multi millionaire, million dollar career. Uh, and I just accidentally got myself in a corner where I had to pay someone and it, and it worked out okay. But uh, I should have went there first. I should have not got myself pinned up in a corner before I went there. I probably wouldn't have gotten pinned up in the corner if I'd have gone there. So get a mentor and realize that they're going to cost you a little bit of money, but think about how much people pay for college and what they really get when they come out of there, you know, so. Yep, no mentors in college. He's not too many. And it's not what you're going to spend on your mentor. It's how much they can make you. So I totally, totally believe in that. Well, you can always measure a mentor by how much money they've helped you make. But the one thing you'll never be able to measure by is how much money they kept you from losing because you don't have a number. And so it's kind of like you can't measure negative. So. Oh, yeah. One of my girlfriends said her first deal, she lost $50,000. She calls out her seminar. <laughs> but she yeah. stuck with it, and then she did okay after yeah. that. You know, she the, did well. The but, seminar yeah, in the street. A lot and of people so, don't have $50,000 to lose. So, yeah, be careful. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's it. That's it right there. So if you guys want to know about owner financing, go to my website. There, I, I, there's, there's enough free stuff at that website to launch a career. Oh yeah, this is this is awesome. I can't wait. And when I make it to San Antonio, I'm gonna come see some of your stuff. I can't wait to. <laughs> yeah, okay. come see my ranch. I got a ranch. A ranch? Oh, I thought you were saying range, like you're gonna shoot guns, but a ranch is a ranch, as we a, say. A ranch, a ranch. <laughs> yeah, I got a ranch, a ranch. Yeah. Uh, well, you shoot guns there too, if you want to. Are you a gun shooter? Um, no, I think they're loud and smelly and all that. My husband loves to shoot guns, but I'm kind of a baby about it. <laughs> okay, move out of the way. Get your husband over here. We're going to go shoot guns. Hey, so, the, and, and this is the last part. The, the greatest strategy on the planet Earth, as far as little old Mitch Steven is concerned, the greatest real estate investing strategy is this right here. You got your pencil sharpened? We're ready. Buy, buy it. Do not fix it. Owner finance it for double and watch the guy making payments to you go over budget fixing up your collateral. It is the greatest plan on the planet. Well buy said, it. summed up in a nutshell. <laughs> buy it, do not fix it. Owner finance it for double and watch the guy making you payments go over budget fixing up your collateral. Uh, you know, you, you make your money when you buy, right, Holly? Oh, yes. Yeah, and you lose it in the rehab. That's yeah. I, I, that's the second thing I invented. I invented that. You make the, the bumper sticker. You make your money when you buy, parentheses, and you lose it in the rehab. And so when you, don't, when you do the buy it, don't fix it, owner finance it model, you don't need inspections. You don't need appraisals. I can sell you a house with a hole in the roof the size of a dining room table. It doesn't matter if it's leaning, if it's cracked, if it's broken. It doesn't matter. I bought it for a price. I'm selling it to someone for other price, but offering payments, that's what makes the value jump. You're offering payments. 
the same reason they can sell that that sofa that they built for 150 bucks for three thousand dollars because they're giving you zero interest for five years. Right. Right. Yeah. Same thing. Just a bigger piece of furniture. And so that's the strategy of choice. Now I'm not saying that I don't go in sometimes and mow the yard or do something real easy that'll jump the price or make it easier. But I sold a ton of houses. I I, I take the time that I would spend on a rehab and I go find another house. I take the risk out of the, out of the whole equation because I'm not doing a rehab. All the risk is in the rehab. I know that I was going to make money when I bought the house, when I bought it, when you take the rehab out, you save yourself the time to go buy more houses and you save yourself, um, all that risk. So that's why that's my favorite plan. Love it. Thank you so much. Appreciate all of your insights. And hey, audience, I mean, if your mind hasn't been expanded today, it's it's never going to expand because this was really eye opening. Fantastic. Thank you, Mitch. Can't thank you enough. Remember to go to hardhatholly.com forward slash 55 for all the show notes, the links and your download. And with that, go make some money in real estate. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.